Welcome to the podcast, the pottiest cast in the world. Welcome to the podcast, where we talk sports. The sportiest podcast, 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 ants analysis podcast, the podcast. Welcome, ants analysis, yeah. Coming to you live from my garage. Welcome to Ants Analysis, the one shop pod stop for all news and sports analysis. We got a very exciting show today. Uh, we have my cousin Paul. He's coming on, joining us. He's going to be talking some uh, New York sports. Uh, that's that's a car. Again, I'm in my garage, so I apologize. But he's going to be talking some uh, New York sports, a little bit, uh, a little bit New York Jets. Um, a little bit on the Knicks, maybe, you know, the Knicks are coming out, uh, Knicks basketball, is it back? I don't know, uh, Paul comes on, he does his own thing, it's really, it's, it's magical when he comes on, um, we're also going to be talking, uh, playoff predictions, NFL playoffs start tomorrow, so I figure it's a good time to start this podcast right now, before the NFL playoffs, we're going to uh, record one segment for the games and one segment after where we look at uh, how wrong I was on all my predictions. So very exciting there. Uh, there's also huge news in the world of baseball. Uh, we have a major trade in a big market. New York, is it the leading uh, Atlanta star player there? Are the uh, Yankees still the team to beat in New York? I don't know. I mean, we know Spider-Man is a Mets fan, so uh, it's already a win. Uh, in the basketball world, there's a little little drama brewing in Atlanta right now. Um, we're gonna take a take a look at that and give uh, give our two cents on what we think that's about. And uh, it's really something we we have absolutely no idea what's going on. But I'm going to give my opinion anyway. Um, college football, we have a big Heisman win. Did they get it right? Also, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's gonna be trading in Tiger Stripes for Jaguar spots. Going to give a little analysis on Trevor Lawrence game, as well as my first initial Ants analysis mock draft of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who hold the first pick. I think we know, as I already said, Trevor Lawrence is going to be going there. But there's uh, some possible moves going forward, uh, specifically regarding Gardner Minshew, the mustached hero in uh, Jacksonville. We're going to see if he is still... Uh, there's construction going on, but we're going to see if he's still the... Uh, if he's a guy who any other team would want to trade for. Um, I think he obviously has ability. I mean, we've seen him play in Jacksonville, and he has some potential. Uh, maybe there's some teams who might be looking for a quarterback who they think they have the guys right now. If they grab Minshew, maybe they can uh, get a get a playoff run going. So that's exciting. We also have Ant's five lists of truths coming up. That's five lists of five uh so there's five things we're going to be talking about that a lot of fives going on and uh, we have four sports lists and one wild card one random little list that i think you guys will really enjoy i'll keep that thing under wraps for now but to wrap things up uh looks today we're going to look ahead at the sports worlds uh super bowl of course i mean the super bowl and uh make some predictions on who will be hoisting the lombardi trophy at the end of the year so it's a very exciting show, and we're excited to all have you guys with us in this podcasty podcast we call Ants Analysis. We're going to be talking some sports, talking some fun little stuff, and with all that, let's get right into the show. 
So first up today, we have my cousin Paul. He's going to be coming in. He's going to be talking a little New York Jets, a little New York Mets, a little New York Knicks. Paulie, come say hi to everybody. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? So, Paul, uh, first thing I want to mention to you, first thing we should talk about is the, um, let's talk Jets. Let's talk Jets football. I know you guys coming off a rough season, a very rough year. Um, you know, a lot of you guys thought you were going to get uh, Trevor Lawrence, so I think it makes it a little bit, a little bit bittersweet even because you guys actually didn't finish with the worst record. You guys got that stolen away from the Jags, um, and they're probably going to steal Mr. Lawrence from you. Um, so you guys are going to settle. Are you going, you think you're going quarterback? You think you're going, you think it's going to be a receiver? You think you're going to get a lineman? Where do you think, uh, where do you think you're going with that ball? So I think, uh, I think what we're doing is, uh, we got, uh, you know, Sam Donald, he's, he's got potential, you know, he's, he's not a bad kid. It looks like a good kid to me. So I think, uh, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna give him another shot. I think he's, uh. He reminds me a little bit of Brett Favre, you know, he's turnover prone, it'll happen, it'll happen every once in a while, you'll see some bad games, but you know, he, he's got, he's got it, he's got that factor that you really want to see in a young man, and he's, uh, you know, he's seeing ghosts, but I think that's okay, I would be seeing ghosts too, I mean, behind this offensive line, no receivers, you really don't give him a shot here, so... I don't know. I think we're going. Uh, I think we're going somewhere else with this pick. So where do you where do you think you're going to be going? I think uh, you know you look at uh, all the players available. There's that uh, offensive tackle out of Oregon. I think he's good. I think that uh, will definitely help with the protection. I mean, we got that uh, that kid out of the left tackle out of. Uh, Becton, he's he's really good. I think he's really good, but he, he's a little injury prone. Maybe slide him over the right side. You get Sewell at the uh at the left, and you got you got, got Donald's. He got good protection, and that's really all you need. When you when you have good protection, you're gonna be better as a quarterback. He doesn't have that protection right now, so I think you know we might be going line. There's also uh, Jamar Chase. He looks really good. I really liked him. You know, he was fantastic in uh, LSU, and especially in that championship game. I saw him. He caught like what, like three, five, ten touchdowns, something like that, something crazy. So uh, we're excited to. Uh, I think. I think if we give Donald some weapons, I think he'll be a guy. I think he's the guy for the Jets. I don't know. He's so young. He's so raw, and he's just got that it factor. I. Uh, I love that. I love I love watching him make plays. I think he's got potential. I don't want to waste that potential. I mean, Justin Fields, he looks like a fantastic talent out of uh, Ohio State. He looks like a really good guy, too. But, you know, there's the Jets, there's more there's more than just a quarterback. You know, they need they need everything. And I think right now, I mean, throwing Fields back there, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be nonsense. He's going to be running around trying to make plays, and there's going to be no one getting open. There's going to be no one. It's going to he's going to be throwing, I don't know, to to Chris Herndon, who's always hurt. I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's doing. You know, Jamison Crowder. He's not bad, but I mean, we got rid of Robbie Anderson. We let him go to Carolina. He was fantastic this year for Carolina. 
and he he we we don't know what we're doing. Le'Veon Bell's gone. We give him a huge contract, and he's gone. And they, like two he is, he does, didn't really do nothing. I just we need Gase. We need Gase. He's I'm glad he's out. You know we got a, we got coaches. I think we're gonna go. I don't know. I mean I look around. There's a lot of guys. I think I really like Eric Bieniemy out of uh, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He's a really good player. He's a really good guy. I think we uh, I think we go with him. And I think he can mold Sam Donald into the next Patrick Mahomes. I really believe that. So uh, you think that Patrick Mahomes has that kind of potential, that that Mahomes level potential? I don't really see that in him. I see I see more of a guy who's, you know, game manager, maybe at best. I I don't know. I don't, I don't really see that. I don't really see that because, hey, listen to me. He's got it. He's got the effect. I, I've seen it. He's Brett Favre. He's the new Brett Favre. He's going to throw some turnovers. It's going to happen. You're going to get really, give me, give him four years with Jamar Chase. He'll be an MVP. That's what I think. That's, that's my opinion. I don't know. I'm not a sports guy. I just, I just do my thing. I watch the Jets. I get pissed off, and then I see them. And then, you know, in three years, four years, they might be Super Bowl champions. Who knows? Who knows? Really, the way the NFL is right now. I mean, you look around the NFL. It's really not. It's really nuts. I mean, you got teams who out of nowhere just come out of nowhere. You, the the 49ers went from like a two win team to a freaking Super Bowl, and the freaking the freaking Knicks. Are good now. I think Julius Randle is going to win MVP. He's going to win MVP this year. I really believe that, and I really think that uh, you know, last year didn't count. So uh, R.J. Barrett, he's going to win Rookie of the Year because last year they weren't a team last year, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter really at all. So um, he's going to win MVP. I mean, we saw that with Ben Simmons. He won MVP after not being a rookie. I think R.J. Barrett's going to do the same thing. So. He's my choice, fam. He's my choice for rookie of the year. I'm sorry, I said MVP. He didn't win MVP. We all know he's not going to win MVP. He can't even shoot a three pointer. So, I think that uh, RJ Barrett's going to win rookie of the year, and Julius Randle's going to win MVP. And that's my choice, and that's my lock. Wow, that's a bold choice. So Knicks basketball's back. You think? Yeah, you know, I think it's back. I would say it's back. I mean, we're not going to beat the Lakers. I don't think we're going to beat the Lakers. You know, in a I mean, a seven-game series, you know, Julius Randle gets hot, you know, we got uh, Frank Nikita, I don't know how to say his last name, but he's really good, you know, he's 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 the he's the wild card of this team, the team runs on him, runs on RJ Barrett, runs runs on uh, Julius Randle, I think, I think we can win, I, I, I said I didn't think we could win before, but I think we can win, I don't know. It all it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The NBA is it's all it's all rigged. LeBron James is gonna win, but we know that. But I don't know. I don't think it's rigged anymore because I think the Knicks are back. It was rigged rigged last year because, you know, LeBron won, Knicks sucked. But this year they don't suck. They're gonna win it all. It's not rigged anymore. And that's the truth. That's my uh that's my two cents on the opinion. Wow, so that's a... Uh, it's a bold take. It's a very bold, bold take. I don't know. I don't think really a lot of the stuff you're saying is making sense. I could see Sam Darnold sticking around another year with the Jets, though. I do agree with that. Um, I love Justin Fields. I, you know, I thought the Jets, if they got Trevor Lawrence, I think the Jaguars would have went with Fields. 
Um, I don't know if the Jets are going to go with Fields just because I think I think I do think Sam Donald has that potential to be a really good player, and they really didn't, you know, they didn't they didn't mold him the way they should have. So I agree with you on that. Um, other than that, I mean, Paulie, it's always good to see you. Uh, I know you're busy. Thank you for taking out the time to come here. And uh, again, it's really always a lot of fun having you in the booth with us. So thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, of course, of course. I love it. I love I love the, the sports. I love the analysis. I love the podcast. Um, stay safe and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Polly. That's uh, as my cousin Paul coming in, um, giving us his two cents on the Jets. Uh, as I said, he really says whatever he wants. It's re- always a fun time with him in the booth, and he's uh, he's excited. We're excited that he came in today. So thank you very much, Paul. All right, all right, all right. So let's uh, let's get started here. We have some playoff football action coming to you this weekend um i'm loving the new playoff format let me just say that right off the bat uh the ones gotta buy they're not gonna be playing this week but it's two verse seven three verse six and five verse four really cool i mean you got a lot of really cool teams more games um and it's really good because the afc as you saw the afc was very competitive this year i mean the dolphins at 10 and 6 usually 10 and 6 get you in the playoffs but this year you know didn't get them in um so we're going to be starting off with the Colts versus the Bills. That's going to be kicking off the playoff weekend. I have the Bills in this one. I think the Bills are the team to beat, really, in the AFC. I know the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes probably have something to say about that. But you look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen's playing at an MVP level. You know, this defense is fantastic. Um, really well-rounded. There's no one guy on this defense that you can lock in on. They're all just very, very good. Tredavious White, I think, is one of the best corners, uh, top three, top four corner in the game right now. When you look at him, um, he's really, really good. I think he can shut down a lot of this Colts passing attack, and I think it's going to force Philip Rivers to make some mistakes. And offensively, I mean, Josh, last, last season, if you said Josh Allen's an MVP candidate, it sounds kind of like a joke. This year, it's really it's serious. Josh Allen's good. That arm that everyone was talking about, we saw it on display this year, and that's what a I think a lot of teams. I mean, you got to be patient some with some of these quarterbacks. Josh Allen, we knew was a prospect coming in. I mean, he played at Wyoming. He had all the intangibles. He had the strong arm. He had the big hands. Had the had look good in shorts. Athletic, you know. But pads, you see him put on pads and you got like you don't know i mean he's playing wyoming his stats weren't fan like out of out of nowhere he just had that powerful arm and the bills bought into that and this year they they gave him some support with stefan diggs um stefan diggs needed that too because i think kirk cousins as i don't want to bash kirk cousins i think kirk cousins is a pretty solid quarterback but he doesn't have that strong arm that josh allen has and that is the type of quarterback that stefan diggs needed and coming to Buffalo, I think this was a match made in heaven for these two. Because as we've seen, this is the best season for Josh Allen, the best season for Stomp on Diggs. Um, I think it's only going up from here. But I think the Bills take this one. I think they're going to win. I'll say 28-17. to 17. I think they're going to win pretty handily here. Um, the Colts' defense, I just don't see it. I mean, Darius Leonard is a fantastic linebacker. DeForest Buckner is a really good 
uh, defensive lineman. Their offensive line is very good, but I just don't see the Colts taking this one. I think the Bills win pretty handily. And then following that game, we have the Rams versus the Seahawks. Now, these two teams, they've seen a lot of each other. You know, NFC West rivals played twice this year already. The Seahawks, my opinion with the Seahawks is if you shut down, Russell Wilson can beat you on his own. You know, Russell Wilson's that kind of quarterback. He can carry a team. If you shut him down, this Seahawks team really is nothing. DK Metcalf's a great receiver, but Jalen Ramsey's going to probably be following him the whole game. I don't think he beat, wins that matchup. I think Jalen's going to shut him down. I don't think this Rams team is as good as they were, um, you know, on that Super Bowl run. But I think they're getting there. Um, Jared Goff, I'm not completely sold on him, but I think they have a very solid running game. Their offensive line is playing a lot better than they did last year. Um, I think that they have a lot of weapons on offense. Defense, I think Aaron Donald's going to cause a lot of problems. I think this is going to be a great game. It really could go either way. I think if, if Wilson gets hot, I think the Seahawks win. But my money is on Aaron Donald getting to him. They're, the Seahawks offensive line isn't very good. Um, and I think Aaron Donald's going to cause a lot of problems. I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson, even though Russell can thrive in that pressure. But we, I just... Jalen Ramsey's going to shut down DK. I don't think I don't see the Seahawks win this one. Um, I think the Rams are going to come away victorious. Uh, I think that'd be a bit of a defensive game, honestly, uh, a little more than we expect. Um, I'm going to say Rams win twenty-one seventeen. Rams. Uh, then we head over to Washington as the Washington Football Team takes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Upset alert! I think Washington's going to win this one. I think that they have that pass rush um, that Tom Brady, you know, kind of struggles with. You look at those Giants teams that beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowls. You look at, you know, all those teams, and they always have really good pass rush. Chase Young, great, great defensive player. Um, You have, you know, Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne. Um, You have a lot of really good players on that Washington defensive line. It's going to cause them a lot of problems. I think there's also a little bit too many mouths to feed um, for um, Tampa Bay. You know, having all those weapons is great, but it's kind of hard to feed everyone. And I think that's going to cause some issues this week. I think Washington's going to keep this a very close game, very defensive game. Now, Tampa has good defense too. But Ron Rivera, we've seen Ron Rivera win in these situations before. Actually against Bruce Arians. Um, when he was a 7-9 Panthers team as the four seed winning a NFC South, they beat the Cardinals, who were the wild card team in the NFC West under Bruce Arians. And I think Ron Rivera, I mean, he... He's going to motivate them out. They're playing for Alex Smith. They're playing for Ron. I think Washington's going to come away with a surprising victory here, and I think it's going to be close. I think this is going to be another defensive game. I'm going to say 24-21. to 21, um, Washington comes out and wins. And I think we're really going to start noticing Terry McLaurin as one of the better receivers in the NFL and one of the top threats. I'm a very, I think he's a great player, and we're really excited to see him. Um, so I think, I think, I think Washington wins.
Um, and then, you know, you go and you have the AFC. This, I think, is going to be the most exciting game. The Ravens versus the Titans to start off Sunday. Titans, they're coming in. They're feeling confident. They just won the AFC South. Ravens, a lot of people this year weren't really, they're not, they're not the hype. They're not as hyped up as they were last year. And I think they're going to thrive on that. I think the Ravens are at their best when they're playing underdog. The Titans haven't really been getting that underdog position that they're so used to for so long. I think that we will see a very close game. This Titans defense isn't very good. Um, and I think the Ravens are going to capitalize on that. I have the Ravens winning in a very high-scoring game, 35-31. to 31. I think that the Ravens are going to come out victorious. Lamar Jackson, first playoff win, very excited. Um, I think they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. I think they're going to take, come away with a victory. So Bears versus Saints following that. Saints, Saints are going to win this game. Bears, I'm sorry. Love you, Bears. Mitch Trubisky is not the answer. Um, I think after this game, they're going to start. There's going to be some talks that they get to Sean Watson, and then we're going to be start talking about this Bears team. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender. I think that they're going to be one of the landing spots for him. I know that it's going to be an extremely high price, but the Bears got to make some moves because I think they're either going to draft a quarterback or they're going to trade for Watson. Either way. They need to make some moves at quarterback because they're wasting this defense right now. This defense is really good, but they're only going to be good for a few more years. They're getting a little bit older. Not old yet, but getting a little bit older. I think that now needs to be the time that they start making moves to get this offense fixed up and get this offense right. And I think that this is going to be the game that proves it. They're just not going to be able to put up points. The Saints defense very good. It's going to, I don't want to say it's going to be a blowout, but I think the Saints are going to win pretty handily at uh, 31-14. I think the Saints are going to win this game. And to finish up the wild card slate, we have another very exciting game. Browns are Steelers. Once again, AFC North rivals. We saw them play last week. Browns came away. They won. They got their playoff spot that they wanted so badly for so many years. Congratulations, Browns fans. You were finally in the playoffs. You're going to be facing the Steelers. You've seen a lot of this team. Steelers, I mean, they went from this very, very high, you know, everyone loves the Steelers. Now everyone's saying they're not good, they're frauds, whatever. They're in the middle. They're a good defense. They're a really good defense. I think maybe the best defense in the league. Offense isn't bad. Lacks a little bit of that firepower that we've seen. You know, Ben Roethlisberger's not quite the same. You know, they don't have Antonio Brown. I think Juju's a great... Juju's a great receiver as a complimentary guy. I don't think he's, you know, that one number one guy that they were hoping he was going to turn into. I think the Browns are going to win. I think the Browns are going to win this game. I think the Browns have, they have Kareem Hunt, you know, they have um, Nick Chubb. That running game is just so hard to stop with those two. Jarvis Landry's a competitor. Baker Mayfield is a competitor. They're kind of the underdogs in this one. I think they thrive off that. So I got the Browns winning. And that's going to wrap up the wild card. Um, and then we're going to see, you know, we're going to see divisional. We're going to see conference um, playoffs. And we're going to see from there 
But uh, this wild card, I mean, you look at it and there's some great games that you're very excited to see. And I'm very excited to see the playoffs and just excited to see some some really competitive football this year. Um, but that's what we have there. Um, and then that's going to segue into our um, we're going to make some Super Bowl predictions already. Uh, so that's let's segue into that and we'll take a quick little break and come back in a moment and we'll hit you up with some uh, some Super Bowl predictions. Are you trying to record a podcast over COVID and have neighbors who are unpacking their car while you are recording in your garage? If you are, we here at Anson Analysis completely understand that. So we are offering a free, free, free word of advice that you invest in a soundproof room to block out all of that noise. Because it can be very difficult and sometimes very hard for you to make your podcast about the soundproof room. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Huge news out of baseball. Francisco Lindor broke a few days ago. Francisco Lindor is traded to the New York Mets. Are the Mets team to beat in New York right now? That's a real question we have to start asking. I think that they could take the NL for sure. Um, Yankees, I never count the Yankees out. We could end up seeing a Yankees-Mets matchup, and I think that'll be huge for the baseball world. Um, Obviously, two New York teams playing in the World Series would be phenomenal for the baseball world. It's something that you never really get to see that. You never really get to see two teams from the same cities. I mean, imagine the Rams and the Chargers in, you know, in football or, I mean, what, the closest you can get. Everyone was talking about Lakers versus Clippers and how big that was for basketball, and that's not even for the championship. That's just for the Western Conference championship. Imagine a Mets versus Yankees World Series. That would be phenomenal for the baseball world. That's very exciting. Huge trade to the Nets. I think, I mean, you have some really good teams in the NL, but right now I think they're the team to beat. Um, so we're going to take a quick, quick break. That was just some, some news we wanted to flash out there. Uh, but we're going to take a very quick break and then we'll be back to you with some, uh, some basketball news, some, some, some drama coming out of Atlanta right now. Uh, is it real? Is it fake? Is it something we shouldn't really worry about in Atlanta? I don't know, but, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. Break time. It's a break in the middle of the podcast. Sorting things and talking. Exciting. Podcast. Sports. Ants analysis. analysis. Analyzing the sports world. Analyzing. Back to the show. Back. Welcome back to the show. We have some drama brewing in Atlanta right now. It seems like John Collins is not very happy with the way the offense for the Atlanta Hawks is being run with Trey Young. You know, you look at this and it's really sad to see because I think this team is one of those teams that have a lot of potential and really could contend for a championship and for in a few years. And I think they could be a playoff team this year. Um, 
I can't say I blame him, though, because I, I see the way that this team's being run. They need to get him more involved. I think he's one of the most underrated players in basketball. I think he has all the stats to be a all-star level guy. He's a great player, exciting player to watch. And this team is very exciting to watch. You have the highlight plays from Young. You have the highlight dunks from Collins. They're a fun team. I don't think that this draw, I think it's being a little bit overblown. I think really what was Collins wanted this to stay in house, I feel like. And I feel like this was one of those things where maybe he was just trying to motivate Trey Young. Obviously, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't wasn't in the locker room. I wasn't watching tape when all this went down. But I think it's being a little bit overblown. I wouldn't worry about it too much if I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan. I think that this team, I think they're just trying to make the playoffs. They're trying to get that extra push. And maybe I think this is what Collins is trying to do. Obviously... He didn't get extended like a lot of people. I wanted the Hawks to extend him. I think he is a centerpiece for this team. I think him along with Trey Young are the two building blocks for this team. And I think DeAndre Hunter is an excellent compliment player. Um, I think that Cam Reddish, I think he has the potential to be that third guy on the team. Um, Clint Capella is a very good pickup, um, but... This year, I don't know. I don't see them winning the championship or, or getting to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. I think that there'll be a playoff team. I think there'll be a solid six to eight seed. Um, and they'll make a little maybe a little bit of noise in the playoffs, but I just don't I don't see them advancing past, you know, Boston, the Sixers. I don't think they're there yet. I think they will be in a year or two. I think they made some great signings this offseason, signing Danilo Gallinari, um, signing Jean Rondo. Um, signing Bogdanovich, I think those, that was a very big signing. But I think that the, I think this team has potential. I don't think they're there yet. Um, Collins will see where his future lies. Obviously, he didn't get that max extension that he was hoping to get. I think he's worth it. I think he's a great player. I think he's very underrated. I think that he should be used in offense a bit more. Um, I think that tra- the way that Trey Young plays, it's very exciting. He can win you games single-handedly. He really could, but he can also, he can lose you some games too. He's going to take early shots in the shot clock. He's going to take those 30-foot jumpers, and that's his game, and that's fine. But, you know, it's like Steph Curry. When it's when it's off, it's not winning basketball. You can't, he's going to shoot himself out of this. If he's in a slump, he's going to shoot himself out of it, and you're just going to have to be patient with him. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's MVP caliber level player. Um, he could be in that discussion with Steph Curry. I don't think he's there yet. Um, but everyone's talking about, you know, that whole Luca Trey trade. I think it worked out best for both teams. I think Luca's a fantastic player too. But Trey Young's just as good. And I think that this Hawks team, if they really want to compete, I th- they really want a championship, I think one, they need to keep Collins. I think that he's should be a guy that they keep, that they that they offer him, they match whatever he gets this offseason. Um, Trey Young, give him give him the max, and just build around those two because they're both very young, very good players. Um, and we'll see. I mean, we're gonna go into the Collins situation a little bit later with what he's gonna be doing in the off season on one of our lists. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, moving on, we are kind of a random segue. 
but we're going into college football. Big Heisman news. The Heisman winner is not a quarterback, not a running back. It's a wide receiver. It's a wide receiver. And his quarterback was also nominated, um, Mac Jones. I See, I think when you look at Alabama quarterbacks, I never, it's the same thing with Ohio State quarterbacks. I never really trust them because they're guys who I always, they always have great receivers around them. That's why the Dolphins, I feel like, kind of overdrafted Tua. I mean, he's throwing to a Heisman winning receiver. He's throwing to Jerry Judy. He's throwing to to Waddle. He's throwing to all these guys who you see now, and they're going to be their first round picks. Henry Ruggs. I mean, all first round picks. I don't think Tua's bad. I don't think the Dolphins draft a quarterback this year. I don't think they panic, but I think they need to get him more playmakers because I don't think he's the kind of quarterback who can carry an offense. Um, Possibly Devontae Smith, who just won the Heisman. Um, Trevor Lawrence didn't get it once again. um, You know, I was surprised by that. Kyle Trask, I think he he has very similar stats to Joe Burrow, but those losses, man. You can't lose football games and win the Heisman. You got to be at least, you know, nowadays one of those playoff quarterbacks and um i think i think trask really took a hit with those losses especially that loss to lsu lsu is not the team they were last year and i didn't expect them to be uh just simply because lsu when you lose half your team to the draft you're not going to be good the next year and that's what we're seeing with lsu and i'm you might see that with Alabama. I mean, they're losing they're losing their star receivers. They're losing basically their whole receiving core. They're losing their running back. What are they going to do? I mean, I hope I don't I don't it's Alabama. I don't think they're ever going to be bad. I think they're always going to be in the playoff hunt. I just don't know if they're going to make the playoffs next year. Um I think DeVonte Smith I think was a good choice for the Heisman. It's always good to shake things up a little bit. Um but did they get it right? I think I think so. I, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was good. Missed a game. Um, you know, he's always great. He's always fantastic, but he doesn't he doesn't have that wow factor sometimes. You know, there's never like the oh, what a play. It's always so efficient. And that's what I think a lot of college team or a lot of pro teams love about him is just because he's just so efficient. Even his bad game. I mean, people say he had a bad game against Ohio State. The dude threw for over 300 yards. You know, it was a good game for a lot of quarterbacks. Most quarterbacks in college football. That's a great game. Trevor Lawrence, it's a bad game. So, I I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a fantastic pro. Obviously, he's trading in those Tiger Stripes for uh, Jaguar spots, it looks like. I think he's going to be the kind of pro I don't, I Everyone says Andrew Luck. I don't really know if that's a fair comparison because I think Luck, as good as Luck was, he was a little bit more turnover prone than what I think Lawrence is. But I think Luck was also a little bit more, He he's going to make, I think, more big plays than Trevor Lawrence is. I think Lawrence is going to be very good. Um, I think the Jaguars receiving core is very underrated. DJ Chark is, I think, one of the better receivers in the NFL, I, I wouldn't say he's upper echelon, but he's very good. He's a very good receiver. LaVisca Chenault is one of those guys who he can make plays whenever he touches the football. We'll see if they make any other moves. I mean, they don't have a really good tight end. 
Um, Kyle Pitts is an option. Maybe if he falls, I think they don't, I don't think they pass up on him. Same thing. Maybe if you see someone like, uh, you know, Devontae Smith fall down, I think, or Jamar Chase, I don't think they're going to fall to that. Eight, I think what 18th, 20 pick, but I just don't see, I don't, I don't see him, them falling. I think, but it doesn't really matter. I think Lawrence is going to make the best of what he has around him. He makes all the throws, very athletic, very tall, great, great passer, puts great velocity on the ball. There was one throw um, when looking at the Ohio State game, there was one throw where he threw it to his tight end and there was a safety coming down and he just put it right in between the safety and the covering linebacker and hit the tight end perfectly. Gardner Menchie's not making that throw. Um, so with that... Uh, let's talk a little bit about Gardner Minshew, um, and let's move into our uh, mock draft here. So the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, have two first-round picks. Two first-round picks. Very, very excited for them. I think they're going to be a great team um, going forward. I think they're going to be a team that can compete next year. I, a, NF, AFC South, very good. Colts are very good. Titans are very good. I think the Texans are going to be a lot better than they were this year. Um, depending on what they do with Deshaun Watson, I don't see them trading Deshaun Watson unless they get something, unless they get a lot for him. I don't know if any team is going to be willing to offer that much. But uh, let's move into let's move into our first official mock draft. Um, we're going to start with the Jaguars, just because they have the first pick. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence. I think that's unless we see something shocking. Everyone's saying Urban Meyer is going to come in and he's going to want to take Fields. People don't realize he never coached Justin Fields in college. And he actually himself said that Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect he'd ever seen. So he's got, I think even if they get Urban Meyer, despite the OSU um, kind of ties there, I think Tre Trevor Lawrence is kind of a lock at that number one. Now with that second pick, I think they're going to go J.C. Horn the uh, very talented corner out of South Carolina. Uh, if you heard that name, it sounds kind of familiar. He's actually uh, the son of Joe Horn, the very talented receiver who played for the New Orleans States for a very long time. Um, it's Horn, the defense needs to be fixed for Jacksonville. I know Trevor Lawrence is the guy who they're going to go with the first pick, but this defense needs to be fixed. This defense has issues. This defense has holes. I think C.J. Henderson's a very good corner i don't know if he is i don't see him as the kind of guy who Jalen ramsey was or one of those lockdown corners i think he's going to just be very good i don't think he's going to be great jc horn i don't know if i see that out of him uh obviously it's going to take some time um to actually see but he played a lot in the slot uh he can play outside he can line up on the x receiver he can line up all over um, he's aggressive, physical corner. Um, he kind of isn't that great of a tackler. Uh, he kind of overcompensates on some of the routes. He might, that's why I believe he might fall to Jacksonville, but I think that he is a very fluid cover corner. Um, and I think with some coaching, he could be a very, very, very good corner, possibly a pro bowler. I don't know if I see all pro in him, but still a very good corner. Um, with the first pick of the third round, the Jaguars, I have them selecting Samuel Cosme at the University of Texas. Now, Cosme, he might be taken a little bit earlier. I think he's an excellent pass protector. I think 
probably the second best pass protector in this draft. He just does not have the size, that's the strength, the play strength that you would like to see out of a um, left tackle, of a starting left tackle in the NFL. And I think that makes him fall. But I think with coaching, I think he could be very good. I think what they do, I can see them re-signing Cam Robinson, moving Cam to the right side, kicking Juwan Taylor in at guard. Um, and right there, that's a great, great offensive line. You have Samuel Cosme at left tackle with a lot of potential. You have Andrew Norwell, who I think is kind of back to that play that we saw when he was on the Panthers, that all-pro level um, you know, left guard. You have Brandon Linder, who I think is one of the best centers in the NFL. You have Juwan Taylor, very talented, very good um, guard. We I played guard in college. I think that's actually where he lines up a little bit better at the guard position than at the tackle position. And Cam Robinson's a very good right tackle. I don't see him as the, you know, blindside protector, but I think he's a very good right tackle. I think he's a people mover. And at the right side of the line, I think that's where you want him. So that actually could, in a few years, that could be the best offensive line in the NFL. I think the Colts right now had the best offensive line, but I think the Jaguars are going to push for that. And I think that they have the players where, if they have an excellent offensive line, this team could be Super Bowl. You know, I think they were a playoff team this year, Super Bowl in a few years. I really think that with Trevor Lawrence's offensive line, James Robinson, the playmakers they have on offense. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Jacksonville, they've never had that kind of success, and I think that's something that the fan base really wants. Um, the second pick, they have another pick in the uh, first, in the second round. They have, a tr I have them taking uh, Trev Trevon Morig the safety out of um out of TCU. Uh he's a very rangy safety. Uh, he's a free safety. Um they have a guy right now in Gerard Wilson who I think is okay. He's serviceable, but he's not gonna he's gonna make mistakes. Um obviously we saw their defense really struggling towards the end of the season. Um some of that was on Andrew Wingard. Some of that I can't blame completely on you know, the, the guys they have, I think some people are kind of playing out of their position. But this defense needs, this defense needs fixing, and I think that they're going to focus a lot on that. And a lot of these picks are going to be defensive players. Um, the first pick of the third round, I think they're going to go defensive line. I have them taking Tyler Shelvin. Very big, very strong um, defensive tackle. He's probably just going to play a nose tackle um, out of LSU. He doesn't give that much of a pass rush. And I think the Jaguars will know that. Um, when whenever you have a guy who's you know 260, he's not going to be a speed rusher. He's going to just kind of push the pocket, um, but he's going to shut down the run. And I think Jacksonville, if they're smart, kind of will switch into that hybrid, you know, three four four three kind of defense. Um, that's what I think. You know, they have Josh Alvin, Josh Allen. Um, other Josh Allen, Jaguar Josh Allen, defensive Josh Allen, and Clavon Chasen, who is you know, they're more fit for that outside linebacker position. They could play defensive end for sure, but I think they fit that outside linebacker position as well. Um, the other pick, the first pick, the fourth round, I have them taking actually Haskell Garrett, who had a fantastic game against Clemson. Um, I think he might fall because of his size. Uh, he does, he kind of fits that tweener role. Um, you know, he's about 285, uh, 6'2". Um, someone similar like that kind of build though is Aaron Donald, Dar uh, Aaron Donald, and we've seen him dominate. 
I don't think Garrett's that guy. I don't think he's going to be that guy, but I think he can be a very good football player. And I think in a situational role, um, when they switch into that 3-4, he can line up, um, play defensive end. When they switch into that 4-3, he'll be the defensive tackle. And I think he's a guy who I personally really like. I think he fits the Jaguars very well. Now, um, Justin Ross, I have them taking at 122. Justin Ross, uh, he's talented. I mean, he's very good. You look at him, he's 6'3", 205 pounds. Very, very good receiver. Coming off surgery, um, coming off shoulder shoulder surgery, might make him fall a little bit. You know, playing with Trevor Lawrence might have actually hurt him a little bit, you know, because they'll think, I don't know, they might think Trevor kind of made him or something, one of those things. But I think he's a great route runner, very physical receiver, um, very good hands. I think he could be a starter. He could be a number one guy. I think he's going to fall. Um, and I think 122, he already has that chemistry with Lawrence. I think Jacksonville should scoop him up. I think that would be a great pickup. Um, Colby, the 141, I have them taking Colby Harville Peel, the uh, very strong, strong safety out of Oklahoma State. He's going to play strong safety. Um, once again, they're going to shore up that defense. Um, sure up that secondary that secondary needs improvement and I think he'll be a guy who I think he walks on he's better than Andrew Wingard um, you know they might might sign somebody give some competition I think that'd be a smart move I don't think he's ready to start right away um, and I think a lot of the defensive players I think should get some competition but uh, like JC even JC Horn I don't think he's ready to take that number two corner spot they might want to put him in the slot to just start off but We'll see. I think Colby Harville Peel is a very good corner or a very good safety, very strong safety. Um, he can make plays. He's a bit of a playmaker. Um, a little bit tight in the hips. They'll work on that. Um, but I think he's a solid, solid pick uh, in the fifth round there. Trey McKitty. I have them taking tra- tight end Trey McKitty out of Georgia. He played Georgia, um, played at F- FSU kind of as that. Uh, Kind of was like that move tight end kind of guy. He can play flexed out. Uh, he is a very athletic tight end. Not a great blocker. Will definitely give an effort, but he's not a fantastic blocker. Obviously, Jacksonville, they've needed a tight end for a very, very long time. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, you their best tight end I ever, I think, in their entire franchise is Mercedes Lewis. And I think they're kind of regretting letting him walk because he is still even though he's older, he's still putting up decent, putting in a decent effort in Green Bay. Um, so we'll see. Um, to start the seventh round, I actually have them taking a very project player uh, out of Florida, Jeremiah Moon. Now he is, he looks like a basketball player when you look at this kid. He's 6'6", 228 pounds. It's not really something you see out of a defensive end in the NFL, but I think they're going to roll with that hybrid hybrid defense kind of put him all over i mean he could play maybe play some linebacker play some defensive end play some down end he'll kind of be their move guy on defense and i think he's someone who has a lot of potential and has the speed has i think if they can bulk him up a little bit could be a very 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 good steal in that uh seventh round and same thing with uh their second their other second seventh round pick i have them taking a tamari and terry tamari and terry out of fsu this is a guy who's a big, he's a good big play receiver. He's 6'4", 203 pounds, uh, size, speed. The only issue with him, I think some he drops the ball a little bit too much. Um, he's not 
for his size, not very assertive. He'll let, um, let sometimes let corners bully him a little bit, and he can't really do that in the NFL. Um, but for his size, he needs to be more aggressive, and I think that's something. Uh, hopefully, they keep around Keenan McCardell. I love I love him as a receivers coach. Um, hopefully, they keep him around, and I think he'll be someone who the Jaguars um, kind of work with. And I think he'll be someone who kind of like how they have with Colin Johnson right now. I think Colin Johnson is going to be a very good player. So we'll see what they do there. But that is the Jaguars mock draft for Jacksonville. And with that, um, one more thing, we will talk about Gardner Minshew. Um, Gardner Minshew, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence, not going to be the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. I don't think he's a guy they're going to want to keep around either because I think he's too, he's one of those guys who are too talented to be a backup. And I think he's going to try to force the issue with Minshew. And I think he's going to try to assert himself as a starter. And I, I don't think that that's going to go well with the new coaching staff in Jacksonville. I think that they can get a lot for him, um, at least a second round pick. Um, so I think they're going to try to ship him. I think there's, we'll go into the list by the list of truth in uh, just a second here. But um, right after we're from our sponsor, we'll get into that five list of truths. But I really think that Minshew is a guy who, uh, if a team feels as though they have pieces around him, they feel as if Minshew could probably take them on a uh, on a playoff run, maybe even a, maybe even run to a Super Bowl. So we'll see where that leads. But uh, we'll get into that list right after a quick break. Podcast. Podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. This is a podcast. A sports podcast. It's analysis podcast. Break time is over. Welcome back to the show. We are here live in the garage still. Um, we are getting into our five lists of truths. Um, the first list, as we alluded to, will be about Gardner Minshew. He is the current quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are going to be getting Trevor Lawrence. So I think Minshew's too talented of a guy to keep as a backup long term. Um, so I think they're going to I think they're going to trade him somewhere, uh, if not this offseason, maybe right before the season starts. But we're going to see where they go with that. There's five teams in mind that I think um, really make sense for Gardner Minshew. And we're going to start off at number five. Uh, this is the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this is a bit of a wild card here. I think we're going to get kind of a similar situation where Minshew won't be starting, kind of similar to what Jim, Jameis uh, Winston was doing this year, where he was sitting behind Drew Brees. But I think the Falcons realize they that Matt Ryan still has some good football left in him. He's still a solid quarterback. He's nearing the end of his career, though. And I think that they realize that Gardner Minshew can come in and they don't have to draft a quarterback, waste that pick on someone who maybe they don't feel like is really worthy of that uh, that spot. I believe they're drafting, what, fourth overall in the draft this year? Fourth or fifth. Um, and, you know, I just don't, I don't know if they're going to take a quarterback with that pick. I just don't think there's other issues. There's issues along the defense, especially, um, so I think that what they're going to do is they're going to draft a defensive player and then they're going to make a trade for Minshew. Um, I think that this will probably be not this year's draft pick, but next year's draft pick. 
Um, I think it's going to be a second round draft pick. And I think that's something you can really get a good quality quarterback for a second round pick. Who's He's not spectacular. He's not going to win. Like I don't think he's going to win you a Super Bowl by himself. But he's someone who can you can trust. He's not going to really turn the ball over. And I think that he's someone who kind of is very similar to Matt Ryan. He doesn't have that arm strength, that the wow factor arm strength that a lot of quarterbacks look, a lot of GMs, a lot of scouts look for in a guy. But he is very accurate, can throw the ball with a very good touch, and he can deliver the ball to his receivers um, and get them, throw, throw them open, really. We've seen some, even this season, there were some great throws. Um where he put it right on the money, right where he needed to be. Uh, number four, we're actually going to go, um, we're going to head over to New Orleans. Uh, another NFC South team, New Orleans, same kind of scenario with uh, Matt Ryan as Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is done for this year, though. I think they're really going to, I think he's going to retire at the end of the season. Um, even if he doesn't, it's going to be very similar to what we see with Jameis Winston this year. I think Minshew is going to be someone who they're going to, much like Drew Brees, much like that, you hand the ball off, feed Kamara, run the offense through Kamara. He'll make his plays where he needs to. Um, we, we know Drew Brees isn't going to win them the Super Bowl. I think it's at this point, even if the Saints do win the Super Bowl this year, which is very possible, they have an excellent team. It's going to be more on their defense, more on their running game, more on in the hands of Alvin Kamara and the defense than it is on Drew Brees carrying this offense, which he's done for so long. And it's really about time that they kind of gave Drew Brees the support that he needs to build that defense and build that running game. So number three, we have the New England Patriots. Now the Patriots, they need they have a great defense. They do. They don't have the numbers this year. Um, but you got to look at them. They had so many people who opted out. I think the most in the NFL and opt outs, especially on the defensive side of the football. Patrick Chung, not there. Dante Hightower, not there. You know, you those two guys alone are a huge miss on their defensive on the defensive side of the football. And that's something that the Patriots prided themselves on the year before. And really, I thought they were going to be a Super Bowl team. They had that kind of defense and they had the defense that was special they had a defense that was much like the chicago bears defense um where it could really carry an offense and i think this is going to be kind of a similar situation they're going to give Gardner Minshew. they're going to give him kind of the keys but he's not going to be the guy who carries this team it's going to be more of a here don't turn the ball over play safe let our defense win the game just make sure you don't lose the game kind of situation um, and I really think that that would be a good trade. Again, probably about a second second round pick for next draft. Um, not this one, but the next draft. I think that would be very smart for the Patriots. Coming in at number two, we have the Chicago Bears. I think the Chicago Bears are a team that they could win. They could make a playoff run with Gardner Minshew. I don't know about win a Super Bowl, but they could make a playoff run with him. Um, for sure, and possibly win a possibly win a Super Bowl. If they keep building that offense, that defense is fine. That defense is one of the best in the league. So you look at this Minshew, and it's much better than the situation than they're in right now uh, with Mitch Trubisky. He's probably going to come in, take Nick Foles' job again. It happens. 
Um, sorry, Nick Foles, you're, you're cursed by Gardner Minshew constantly following you. But I think that's definitely an option for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch and see what happens um, on that front. But I think that Minshew to Chicago is a very strong two. I was really back and forth between putting Chicago in at number two and our number one team, which is the Washington football team, because I put Washington at number one only because their defense is much younger than Chicago. So I feel like they have much more time to build with Minshew. I also think he fits the scheme of Washington a lot better than he does with Chicago quick passes, run the ball with Gibson. I think that Minshew can make plays. They have a great offensive line. Um, not I wouldn't say great, but they have a good offensive line. One that can protect Minshew. One thing about Minshew, he does kind of get panicky in the pocket, but Antonio Gibson's a great safety valve, so he can find him in the backfield. We saw what he did with James Robinson this season. James Robinson was excellent receiving the ball in the backfield, and I think that Gibson's much that caliber, caliber, maybe even a little bit better of a receiver than Robinson. So I think that's one thing, and I think that their defense is growing. They're very, very good right now. I think they're going to be elite in a few seasons, and I think that they're hoping that Minshew can grow with that team. So that is the number one option for Gardner Minshew, and that is on my list of truths. That is the first list down. We have four more to go. Number four. The number four list of truths is going to be landing spots for Atlanta Hawks forward John Collins. Uh, as we know, John Collins did not sign the extension offered to him. Uh, he Atlanta has the option to max. I'm not going to cheat, and I'm not going to say Atlanta's the one of the five, just because I think Atlanta would be an excellent choice. I think him staying in Atlanta would be fantastic, but. That's cheating. I can't. I'm gonna put five other teams that I think would be really, really fun matchups uh, for Collins and for for the team. I think he'd be really successful with um, number five. I'm actually gonna start off with the Miami Heat. Now the Miami Heat had the option of drafting Collins. They selected Bam Adebayo. Uh, I think that worked out for Miami. Adebayo is an excellent player. Reminds me a lot of Draymond Green. What he does. He's very good at passing. Excellent defender. Excellent rebounder, can score, okay at shooting, play center, can play power forward, really can guard um, anywhere from prob probably, I'd say, around two. Probably can't guard the point, but he can guard two up, really. He's their best. Beside, maybe Jimmy Butler might be a little bit more of a lockdown defender, but Autobio is an excellent paint defender, excellent defensive player. Really could be up for Defensive Player of the Year this year. Um or in the future, really reminds me a lot of Draymond Green. Adding Collins to that, however, would be fantastic for Miami. They have the cap space to do it. They can offer him a max. Collins is a very exciting player, very good in the pick and roll. I think, if I'm going to be honest, I think he's the best pick and roll big man in the NBA right now. Really traditional play style as far as the pick and roll game goes. He can work that with Gorin. We've seen Tyler Hero be successful with that. Um, and I think that that would be an excellent signing for Miami. They're really, I feel like Miami kind of overperformed last year, especially in the bubble. 
I think that they need one more scoring option, and I think that's really limited this team when it came down to the finals against the Lakers. They didn't have that, you know, third scoring option. It was really Jimmy Butler who played amazing. I think that was one of the gutsiest performances we've ever seen from a player. It was Tyler Hero who came out, really showed out, but they need that, you know, third consistent scoring option i think john collins makes up for that he's a good shooter great shooter can pick and pop pick and roll he's good in the post good post low paint scorer can kind of he's getting to the point where he can actually kind of create his own offense we've seen a little bit of that um we have didn't see that much early in his career but we're seeing a little bit more of that as his game is progressing um, I don't think that's his best game, but I think he can do it if needed, especially when he's lined up at that five position, which I think him and Adebayo can switch between that. He can take the five, Adebayo can take the five, and Collins can play the four, or Adebayo can play the four. I think that's really a good landing spot for him. Um, at number four, we have the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Phoenix Suns, one thing I would love to see is him with Chris Paul. Chris Paul and Collins would be a fantastic duo. Chris Paul, I think, is the bet one of the best facilitators, one of the best floor generals the NBA's ever seen. I think his skills, his skill set, really underrated, really underrated player. And I think that um just I think a lot of times you see he never got that that championship ring, and a lot of people kind of give him some give give him some uh some criticism for that, but it's not his fault. I mean, he was in New Orleans for so long and they really didn't do anything to build around him, much like they wasted Anthony Davis's career. They really wasted Chris Paul's as well. You have Devin Booker, one of the best two guards in the league. You have a team that's really young, growing, and I think John Collins really elevates them into that, you know, they're a playoff team now. I think they're going to be championship contending team with um, with Collins coming in and uh, playing that playing that power forward position. Um, for the for the Suns, they also have DeAndre Ayton. The only reason why I would put them higher on this list, the only reason why I don't put them at number two, number one, is just simply because the fact that there's so many mouths to feed. They have Ayton, who's I think turn, slowly progressing into one of the league's best big men. Um, they have Chris Ball, who's going to get his numbers. They have Devin Booker, who's going to shoot, and Collins is going to kind of get lost in that mix a little bit. So I think that. For his sake, for his statistical state standpoint, I don't think that that matchup, that that is as good of, as a fit for him specifically, but I think it's a great fit for the team. Um, at number three, we actually have the, uh, we have the Boston Celtics. I think the Celtics are a team, you look at Boston, you look at Jason Tatum, you look at Jalen Brown, they're both great scorers, but they don't have that big man. They don't have that big man that they've needed for a while. Al Horford served that role for a long time, and he was excellent serving that role, but they need that again. They really need that big paint presence. They don't, you know, I mean, they have, what, Tristan Thompson, who I think is a really good rebounder, can't really score, though, isn't much of a threat on the low block as a scorer, very good hustle player, and I think Thompson is more of the uh, kind of off-the-bench um, kind of give you good minutes, get a good rebound or two, play good defense, really good hustle player. But I think Collins could really elevate that team. I think that Boston could could get a championship run going with the squad they have now. They are good players. I'm not going to knock them for that, but I think that 
that group with Collins, I think they are the best team in the uh, in the East. No question. Uh, at number two, actually a little bit of a surprise here. I think this is going to shock some people, but I it's it's Charlotte. It's the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte, listen to me. They have Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball is a really good point guard. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be one of the better facilitators in the league. He's tall. He's big. They have other guys who can score. Um, as we've seen, we have, as we've seen, they have um, Gordon Hayward, who, you know, he when he's healthy, I think he's actually a very good player. Um, they have uh, Devontae Graham, who came in he's struggling a little bit right now but he is still I think he's still a good player I think he is kind of one of those guys who when you look at Devontae he's he's a surprise to a lot of people but I think he could be very good Terry Rozier you know he's playing I think a little bit above his level right now um, Malik Monk's a good player so they're not a great team but I think they have the potential to be very good and adding Collins I think that they actually make that starts their build and I think that Charlotte needs wins Charlotte needs something and I think he's an exciting player that if he goes to Charlotte I think he'll personally succeed he'll be him and LaMelo would be very much like how he is with Trey Young right now um, it'll be a very good connection LaMelo can throw those lobs We've seen that. We've seen him facilitate. Uh, we know he can shoot. So I think that would be my uh, number number two. Kind of a bit of a surprise. But I would say that Collins on the Charlotte Hornets would be a lot of fun. And at number one, we have the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Los Angeles Lakers, they have more cap space than people think. Um, Dennis Schroeder getting about 16 million a year right now. They have KCP who's getting about 12. They can make some room for Collins. I think that he's someone that if he lands with this team, he would facilitate they would have the best uh best uh front court in the NBA with LeBron, with Collins and with Anthony Davis. I mean, they already have a very good front court. They already have a Montrez Harrell you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, who are very good. I think that Collins is better than Harrell. Um, I think he's better than I think he's better than Kuzma. I think he's that third option that the Lakers have been kind of looking for. Dennis Schroeder, I think, is very good. I think they played together in Atlanta. I don't know if he would come back. Dennis Schroeder's I know wants to get paid. I don't think the Lakers want to give him that max contract, that other big option. Um, we'll see. I don't think that Collins is going to get that. I think you take a pay cut to, to go to LA. That's just my, this is my opinion. I think if that team will win a championship with him, I think that that's, he would be built around that, uh, Collins, Anthony Davis. I think they know LeBron is kind of, not that he's in the twilight of his career, but I think we know once he hits free agency, he's going to hit free agency and he's going to go, I think honestly, wherever his son lands. I think whoever drafts Bronny James also gets LeBron James. Uh, so I think that unless LA can pull off a draft day trade where they're going to be at the top of the draft board, or if Bronny doesn't career doesn't pan out the way that everyone's expecting, I think that LeBron James is going to land somewhere else. He's going to land wherever his son plays because I think that's where 
he wants it to take his career. Which means that Collins will be built around him and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is still pretty young. He's still got some very good basketball left. But I think that would legitimately solidify this uh, Lakers team for at least the post-LeBron era. Um, and I think that that's something that we have to, he has to think about. I think that that's something that he'd take a pay cut now, but he would be playing with a fantastic team. Um, and I know it would be kind of like, you know, feeding a team that's already stacked, but it would be something that would be, he'd be a tremendous fit. He'd be much better than Kuzma is um, at that, you know, third scoring option. I think Schroeder would give, even if they don't get Schroeder, even if they'd, they'd have to probably cut him, um, cut ties with him. But I don't think Schroeder's going to want to stick around after this year. I think that Schroeder's going to want to go somewhere else after free agency anyway. And I think that we're going to see a loaded front court with James, with Davis, and with John Collins. So those are my top five landing spots for, uh, for JC the Atlanta Hawks big man of course Atlanta Hawks if we're adding a sixth option Atlanta I think would love to retain him but I'm not going to throw Atlanta in there because I just personally feel like that's kind of cheating but um that's our uh four or five list of truths uh our second list of truths done today um so now we're moving on to number three number three number three for the five list of truths we have the five coolest team names in all of sports um five coolest this goes for the major sports i'm not really thinking there's so many soccer teams it's really hard to pinpoint like i know there's like dc united and all those la galaxy those cool names and i i love those names but there's just so many soccer teams i'm not keeping track of how many soccer teams there are i'm sure they have really cool names out there but i'm not doing that um so we have baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. Um, for number five, uh, this is coming in from the NBA. A lot of hate for this one, I will say. But I personally, is a personal favorite of mine. It's the Toronto Raptors. I think the Toronto Raptors, the name Raptors is just so unique. A dinosaur, you know, it came out after Jurassic Park. A lot of a lot of dinosaur love coming in there. You know, I know you get the Barney jokes. I know you get the T-Rex jokes. I know you get all that. But the Raptors are cool. They're a cool, cool dinosaur. Um, and they're fierce. You really look at them. That's a cool name right there. That's a really cool name. So I'm putting them in at number five. And then at number four, we're coming in. This is another very, uh, very strange name. You know, you don't really think of this too much, um, but it's actually going to be the Minnesota Wild. Now, it sounds kind of vague. I mean, the Wild. What is the Wild? That's the beauty of it. That's what's so cool about it. It could be anything. I don't know if it's a jungle. I don't know if it's a forest. I don't know what it is. It's just the Wild. It's got a got a movie named after it. There's a movie called The Wild. Really cool name. Very very unique. Love that name. You can have, you know, anything from your grizzly bears to your Bengal tigers all in the wild. So I love that name. That's a really cool name. Very unique. That's coming in at number four. At number three, we have another hockey team, the New Jersey Devils. 
so cool just because the New Jersey Devil is already like a folktale kind of thing. You know, you got the Jersey Devil, New Jersey Devils, really, really fun name, really something that kind of ties in with the city, um, ties in with the state, actually. But love that name. Really cool colors. Really fun. Um, love New Jersey Devils as a uh, as a team nickname kind of mascot sort of thing. So that's that's I, I love that. I had a, I was thinking about putting that at number one. I was even thinking, and then I was thinking about, you know, these other two teams I'm really pushing for. I really thought about it. Three through three through one are in, interchangeable to me. And four, four and five are personal. Three through one, in my opinion, they're very interchangeable. At number two, we have the Tennessee Titans. I think the Titans are a really cool name. Um, it's really unique. You really don't see teams like that where it's like, oh, this mythology thing. The Titans are dominant. The Titans are very much to their team. You know, Derrick Henry, they always have that strong running game, that strong defense. The Titans fit that mold. This dominant, you know, they take down the, the rulers. Just this overpowering thing that comes from mythology. Love the Titans love that name um just really unique it's not not something you really see much of um at all and then at number one i have the minnesota timberwolves why are there no wolf teams in sports i mean the timberwolves are cool they're really cool they're really like cool logo you know you see so much you can do with wolves and i think wolves are something that a very underrated very underrated nickname very underrated kind of sport team name they hunt as a pack you want to be a pack as a team wolves more wolf teams i'm requesting more wolf teams uh nfl should have a wolf team you know you should see wolf teams in baseball wolf every every league every major league should have at least one one type of wolf too because there's different kinds of wolves there's timber wolves gray wolves dire wolves more wolves we need more wolves in sports and i think that the timberwolves to me they're the number one i mean there's so many there's a lot of cool ones out there you know you know i was thinking about putting a, like i like the astros a lot i like the pirates a lot but you see you see like some of those other places i think the astros is only cool because it's in houston if it was somewhere else random it wouldn't be that cool these teams to me are very unique, very fun. I think there's some teams that need to be named, like the Rhinos. I would love a Rhino team. The Moose. I think Moose are cool. Um, so some really exciting teams. If you want to broaden your horizons, I know there's a lot of teams out there who are rebranding. So I'm just throwing my pitches out there uh, to some of these teams. If you want to name your team the Moose, I think that would be dope. I think you should do that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, now we're going into the second list of truths, and this one ties back into this one, actually. Number two. Fitting for number two, we actually have the five worst team names in all of sports. Again, no soccer teams, just because there's so many. But uh, in this list of truths, five of the worst team names in all of sports and I gotta say, there's a lot of baseball in here. 
In baseball, you got to separate the game up when it comes to team names. You have you have some some pretty bad names in there. Um, but starting off at number five, we're going to shy away from baseball. And we're actually going to go to uh, the, the land of land of basketball. And we're going to kick it off with the Los Angeles Lakers. I know it's a historic team name. I know there's legacy behind it. But the Lakers, there's no lakes in Los Angeles. There's not. I mean, there might, there probably is, like in California, there, there are probably some lakes around, but there's no lakes. They're not the land of lakes anymore. I, mean, I understand you came from Minneapolis and whatever, you had that big transition, but you're not there anymore. You know, you got to rethink this. You're not the Lakers. You should be like the, the stars or that, the, the, the earthquakes, the aftershock, something cool like that. Lakers just doesn't fit you, you guys. You're not, you're not that team. And even if you were, I mean, Lakers, really not that intimidating. You never be like, oh, there's a lake. I'm scared. Maybe alligators, maybe what's in the lake. But you're never like, oh, a lake. Scary. Um, coming in at number four on this list of trues, we're going to hop into the uh, the football world here. And, you know, the Packers, I mean, really, guys, you, you guys pack stuff. Come on now. You know this. That's nonsense. Again, historic. I know. I know there's history behind it. I know it's a historic team name. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's not intimidating at all. You're, you guys pack stuff. Like, whatever. Uh, come on. You got to do better than that. You really do. Um, coming in at number three, we're hopping into baseball here. And I mean, I understand another one. A store, like kind of historic. Uh, it's just the the Reds. What are you know? Let's put some history into this. And I'm I I was questioning putting this team at number two just because this team is so closely tied with the team that's at number two. They were originally the Red Stockings and the the Bo the Boston Red Sox. You know, but. Come on, the Reds, really, you guys, baseball's got to step their game up. The Reds is a terrible name. There's nothing to do with, you know, socks. Who cares? Who cares about the socks the guys are wearing? Who cares about the color of the jersey or whatever? You guys, you got to pick up, your, you got to pick your game up. And that brings us to number two, the, the Red Sox and White Sox. We're splitting this one in half here. We are, because it's, you can't put one without the other. They're the Red Sox and the White Sox. Boring, 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 boring. Who cares? They're what? They're socks. They're not intimidating. I've never, you know, looked at a sock and be like, oh, I'm scared. Uh, uh, socks. Uh, whatever. Man. It's socks. It's socks. It's the red socks, the white socks. I really thought about putting this one at number one. I really did, but there's just there's one that's just so bad that it really like because because even. Even the color, at least the red color is cool, you know, and I, I mean, the red socks, at least the color is cool. You think of like a bloody sock or something. I don't know, but it's just the, the number one. You got to go with the browns, right? I mean, the browns, even when you think of that color, it's not it's a it's a it's a sad color. It's not an intimidating color. It's the browns and they're named after a guy. Who's now, I don't even think did he even own didn't he didn't Paul Brown own like wasn't he a Bengal guy too? Isn't the stadium named that? I'm not sure about the history on that. I'll be honest. But Browns really 
come on, like, come on, come on. And their logo, their lo they have a cool look. Their logo is like the dog pound. Their logo is like dogs. What's that have to do with Browns? They got to change that name. Their helmet's stupid. Their helmet's just the logo of the helmet. That's what their logo is. You got to fix that. That's got to be better. I mean, you can't be the Browns anymore and expect respect from all these other teams. Um, but yeah, those are those are the five worst log like logo teams um to me obviously there's a lot of teams rebranding all those rebranding teams i left them out um but out of these five the five that are, are probably sticking for this foreseeable future they're just not good they're just not good they're gonna stay probably forever because they're all all of them are historic to some capacity but yeah yeah they're just not not fun they're not good names they're bad names they're silly um, so that's that's our five lists. Uh, that's our four lists of truths. And coming in for our fifth one, we have our little wild card. We call this one the little, the little fun one. Um, so our fifth list of truth coming at you. Number five. All right, for our fifth list, fifth list of truths, we're going with five best kids shows, animated kids shows leaving out animated shows because i know there's a lot of adult animated shows like you got family guy you got rick and morty you got all those all those very fun shows you know those are kid shows we're going strictly kids you know keep it pg uh keep this podcast for the kids um and we're gonna name our top five uh so we're gonna go at number five i think a lot of you 90s kids will understand where i'm coming from with this one i'm going rugrats i think Rugrats is a very fun show. I think it was really cool. I mean, just a lot, a lot of, lot of memes coming from it. I mean, you got to think of the meme memeology of the show, and there's a lot of memes. You look at it, you look at like Tommy and his, you know, baby's got to do what a baby's got to do kind of thing. Love, lo love Rugrats as a kid, and then they had a spinoff show. It's what like all grown up or something. It was a fun spinoff didn't really capture the essence of the Rugrats, but coming in at number five, all you '90s kids, we got we got Rugrats coming in at number five. Coming in at number four, ah, I struggled this one. I struggled with this one a lot. Um, I love all these shows. There's a lot of ones that I'm leaving off, but number four, I'm putting in the OG Teen Titans. OG Teen Titans was a fun, fun show. I'll admit there's some shows I probably ha that I've never seen. If I'm leaving them off, feel free to hit me up with that. But uh, Teen Titans was my favorite growing up. My favorite like action kind of you know show. It really had more feel. Teen Titans Go. I've seen as an like growing up as an adult now. I look at it and it just makes me sad because it's nowhere near the quality of Teen Titans. The the best part of Teen Titans Go was when they made fun of how bad it was and how good Teen Titans used to be. And if you haven't seen that clip, you should see that clip. Just Google Teen Titans Go makes fun of itself with Teen Titans or something along those lines because that actually was very funny. Um, but yeah, Teen Titans, fantastic show coming at number four. Coming at number three, three, I really wanted to push for number one. Um, but I'm going with Adventure Time. Adventure Time's a really fun show. 
really a lot of heart. One thing I'll notice with the show, I'll note, is kind of how it grows with its audience. Um, it starts off very kiddie, very kind of nonsensical kind of show. Um, not really much heart and like real life kind of stuff into it, but then it gets way more adult as the show progresses and as the audience progresses as well it gets much more adult deals with a lot of difficult themes that i think a lot of kids had to uh kind of had to learn so um that's coming in at number three coming in at number two this one another one wanted to put this one at number one just because personal preference i grew up with the show love the show um i think a lot of people would be surprised this is number two um, but I'm actually going with SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants at number two. Um, SpongeBob, just the again the memeology of this show, the meme all there's so much memes coming. It's like a new every other month there's a SpongeBob meme coming out, and really I feel like if you pause that show at any point in time you can make a meme from it, and that's what you like to see. Um, you'd like to see all the inside jokes. I think the show's dipped in quality, for sure. That's why I was tossing around between three, two, one. The memeology gave it number two, gave it that edge over Adventure Time. But uh, love SpongeBob, loved it growing up. I think it's a very fun show, really cool. Uh, if you grew up with SpongeBob, you probably have a, a special place in your heart for for Mr. SquarePants. Um, so he's coming in at number two, and number one we have Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, Avatar, best best kid show I've ever seen, by far. Just you talk about anything fun, it's got it. You know, social commentary, got it. Action, got it. Cool, like, mythos, got it. Cool, like, backstory, cool character development, got it. It's got everything. It's got everything you want. It's it's the best show for kids I've ever seen. It's the breaking bad of kid shows. Um, and I think that Avatar, The Last Airbender, really captures that just awesome content that you'd love to see in a uh, in a kid's show. Um, so those are our five lists of truths. Hope you enjoyed them. Um, and going, ending our segment, uh, super, super, super random. Let's talk about the Super Bowl really quick. Uh, make a Super Bowl prediction right before we end. We got our teams coming in. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people think it's going to be Chiefs, Packers. <sighs> Does the Chiefs Packers like come on? That's like picking the like that's so bland. That's what everyone expects. Put a little it never comes out the way everyone expects. It's always the hot teams coming in, winning the Super Bowl. Last year, a lot of people, I mean, the 49ers were great. A lot of people thought it was gonna be the 49ers. Some people thought it was gonna be the Chiefs. I I really didn't think it was going to be the Chiefs. I thought it was going to end up being the 49ers making us the Super Bowl, and they were going to end up playing the Patriots. I was surprised, to say the least, um, when they got bounced by the Titans. And the Titans were a great team. Titans aren't going to be... Titans are a great team this year, but I think they're going to be caught off guard uh, early on. I think they're going to stumble a little bit against the Ravens, opening the door for the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to take it in the AFC, they're going to surprise a lot of people. Josh Allen's going to really cement his legacy as a true, legitimate and NFL MVP caliber quarterback. Start his path to greatness right now, this season. And I think he's going to build. I think when you look at, uh, I know uh, my cousin Paul came on. He talked about Brett Favre. Josh Allen, I think, is that Brett Favre guy. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Sam Darnold. I think it's Josh Allen. I think he's going to be that guy who 
comes in, just wows you with these incredible plays. Even his stupid plays are exciting to watch. Um, so I think Josh Allen's going to come in at a take the AFC by 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 the reins and win the AFC championship. Head to the Super Bowl. He's going to be be facing off against uh, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. I think the Saints are really playing for Drew. Um, he really had some tough luck in the last, really the last three playoff runs. The Saints have had some really bad luck um, when it comes to refs. Refs, I think, hopefully give them a little bit more of a break this year. I think they have talent. I mean, we saw them win with Taysom Hill at quarterback. I think that was more of a flex, if anything. I think they were flexing. We don't need a traditional quarterback. We can win with our weird hybrid running back quarterback, tight end guy, and we could win. I mean, he was playing, getting tight end stats. You plugged him in tight end, he's a quarterback. He, he had both on fantasy. So Taysom Hill started and won games for them. They're going to do the same thing in this in this Super Bowl run where they're just going to dominate teams based off their skill players. Um, I know the Packers are a tough team to beat. Uh, Seahawks are a tough team to beat. There's a lot of tough teams to beat in the NFC. I think the Saints are the team to beat. They had the most well-rounded team. Um, and I think Drew Brees is really going to, once he hits that Super Bowl stage, I don't think he's going to lose. I think the Saints are going to beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. I've tossed it around a lot in my head. I think I think there's a lot of teams in the AFC that can really win. I think if the Titans can get past, honestly, if the Titans can get past the Ravens, I think they have a good shot. I just think they're going to trip up on the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to want that revenge game. Um, if the Titans make it past the Ravens, I think they could beat the Chiefs. I think they could beat the Titans. And we might be seeing uh, Saints-Titans. I think Aaron Rodgers is out to prove something, but I feel like Aaron Rodgers already, I feel like he's the type of guy who feels like he has nothing to prove. Kind of like that LeBron James-esque quarterback where he, you know, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, his legacy is already cemented. Drew Brees is the same level, but I think it's his last, I think it's his last year. And I think he's going to want to go out on top. Team's going to want to put him out on top. And I think the Saints are going to be motivated. That's why I think the Saints are my Super Bowl winner prediction lock it in list of truth ants analysis thank you for coming this is our first podcast we're very excited very happy to have you guys on um thank you very much for listening if you've listened this far if not if my voice annoyed you for this very long adventure i'm very sorry that you wasted your time with me but i don't think it's a waste because you learned something along the way it's not the end why are you still listening? I'm just randomly babbling now. All right. Have a nice day. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye from the podcast. The pottiest cast in the world. Goodbye from the podcast. Ants Analysis Podcast. Ants Analysis Podcast. Ants Analysis. Yeah.